Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Deuteronomy chapter 5. And if I were to give this one a title, it would be the foundation to it all. Like, literally, this is where it all begins. And remember that the book of Deuteronomy, that that word Deuteronomy, not only is it the hardest word to spell (laughs) in the Bible, but it is also a Greek word, which means second law. And so that is what Moses is doing, is he is laying down God's covenant for the next generation. And so he's going to start from the beginning. And we're going to get to that in just a moment with possibly the most important part of the entire Old Testament. But before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure that if you're watching on YouTube, you are liking the video, sharing, subscribing, commenting, letting us know all the good things. If you're listening to this on a podcast, make sure that you are giving us a five-star review. And then For everybody, make sure you're going to our Facebook group at Bible Breakdown Discussion, where I try to post every day the chapter and just kind of give you a thought about it. But I I really want to hear from you. I want to know from you, what is it that God is doing in your life? And when it comes to the Ten Commandments, which is what we're talking about today, have you ever watched that movie, <laughs> the Charlton Heston, you know, Moses, you know, he's, and then you get the, you know, the voice of God, Moses, you know, I just, that is the picture in my head. I, I don't think I've ever said this before. We are in the book of Deuteronomy right now. So this will be the last we'll hear from Moses. And I don't think I've said yet to anybody, this is what I think of when I think of Moses. I have him constantly as Charlton Heston. So if you've not seen it, I want to know. If you have seen the Ten Commandments, I want to know. I want to know and let me know how it has impacted your life, good or bad, all right? So let's get into this. What we've talked about is the previous generation has died off at the end of Numbers. The new generation is about to go into the promised land. They're about to take it, man. It's going to be awesome. And Moses, the greatest leader in the history of the world, one of the only people that is universally considered to be one of the greatest leaders to ever live, he's about to die. And he can't go into the promised land, but he wants to cheer on the next generation. And he wants to share with them, this is how you're going to be able to take it over. This is how you're going to stay free. Yes, there's going to be fighting, and that's important that you know how to fight. Yes, you're going to have to learn how to cultivate the crops. That's important. But none of that is going to be sustainable without knowing God. Then that's one of the things that we forget about a lot of times is we think about the idea of, well, I need to be good at this, I need to be good at that. Yes, those are the ways you conquer things, but you sustain things by knowing God. And that's what Moses is doing is he is saying, I want you guys to succeed so bad. And so I want to tell you all the things that I tried to tell your parents and it didn't work out so well. So he's going to start at the beginning. And that's where we are today. He is beginning his second sermon, talking to this new generation and everything that's going to come after this. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. I didn't for a long time. But, you know, in the book of Exodus and the book of Leviticus, when in a couple of places in Numbers, when it's talking about like, you know, this sacrifice for this and that whatever, you know, that really dry stuff. All of it really stems from the Ten Commandments. It's like if this goes wrong or if that goes wrong or if you're doing this for God or whatever. But 
the foundation of all of this are 10 very solid bricks that are the Ten Commandments, and they're amazing. The first five would be how to relate to God. The second five are how to relate to God's people. And it's within these Ten Commandments that we see a revolutionary idea that up until this time had not really put out there. I've listened to many his historians and archaeologists and all these different people that say that the Ten Commandments would have been revolutionary for their time, that no one was thinking like this according to what they have discovered. The closest to this would have been the Code of Hammurabi that they found with all these different you know, legal things or whatever, but even that was not like this, that nothing was more just awesome, just balanced, well thought out, almost as if God did it. <laughs> of course, we know he did, but it is still one of the most amazing things in history. And so let's read about it and let's look and we'll, we'll stop along the way and we'll talk as we always do. But let's jump into Moses as he is starting from the bottom and then he's going to slowly build on this foundation, but he's going to set the foundation right. So if you've got your Bibles open with me, Deuteronomy chapter five, get your coffee ready. Let's jump in and listen to Moses tell about when God gave the commandments to the nation of Israel back at Mount Sinai. Verse one, Moses called all the people of Israel together again and said, Listen carefully, Israel. Hear the decrees and regulations I am giving you today, so you may learn them and obey them. The Lord your God made a covenant with us at Mount Sinai. The Lord did not make this covenant with our ancestors, but with us, all of us who are alive today. At the mountain of the Lord, at the mountain, <laughs> at the mountain, the Lord spoke to you face to face from the heart of the fire. I stood as an intermediary between you and the Lord, for you were afraid of the fire and did not want to approach the mountain. And he spoke to me, and I passed his words on to you. This is what he said. I am the Lord your God who rescued you out of the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in heaven or on earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am je a jealous God who will not tolerate your affections for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you. You go unpunished if you misuse my name. Pause. Now, I want to stop a couple of these, kind of bring some clarity to this. Now, an older translation would say, uh, <laughs> Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God's God. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So it's like, don't take God's name in vain. So what people think that means <clears throat> is they think it means don't swear using God's name. Like you ever heard someone say, the name of Jesus, but they're not bringing him praise. <laughs> you know, they're just saying, you know, they're saying his name as a, as a curse word, right? Which is funny, by the way. I mean, if if Jesus is not really God, I've never heard anyone say Allah or Buddha or, you know, any, any other thing and be like, oh, Buddha. Nobody does that. It's weird, you know, but they use our, our, our God. They use Jesus' name in vain. Why? Well, because there's, there's something about his name that you can't get away from, right? But now, and that's not good. We, we shouldn't use our God's name in a flippant sort of way. But 
This means more than simply cussing using the name of God. What this means is, is that you shall not misuse God's name. You shall not carry God's name in vain. So don't misrepresent God in front of people. That is the way this is intended to be read. So if you in a situation where you are purposely using the name of God to misrepresent him, to cheat people, to to lie, but I do it in God's name so they're going to automatically trust you, me because I say, well, I I'm a Christian, so whatever. That's using God's name in vain. You're using God's name to do a bad thing. That's what this actually means. And for some people who would say, well, I've never cussed using God's name. Yeah, but have you ever have you ever used God's name to defraud people or to manipulate people? Okay, that's that's a more serious thing, isn't it? Yeah. So we have to be very careful. Number 12, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest and dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and your female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock and any of the foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So pause again. Notice how in the Ten Commandments, (laughs) the big ten, like the foundation that God is going to build everything on top of, he says, take a day off and do it once a week. Now, I realize people go through seasons and different things, and I can hear about a thousand parents with small kids going, hey, 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 uh, uh, Pastor Brandon, get a life. <laughs> that is not my season right now. And I do get that, all right? But at the same time, what God is saying is, is he is saying, I am like commanding you to rest. And so I know we live in a, in a world where there's like these competing ideologies, one where it's almost like I don't need to work because I'm already awesome. Then you got the other one is hustle and do everything. God is asking for a, like a middle ground here where you work hard when it's time to work hard, but you also rest when it's time to rest. And once a week, God says, don't work. Don't, 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 don't work, but actually recharge. Be in my presence. And this is what he even says in other places. He says, If you will do this, then I will increase your other efforts so that you can rest. And I think that's amazing. All right, verse 16. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Then you will live long and full life in the land your God has given you. Which, by the way, that's like one of the only ones where it comes with a promise. Like the other ones are like, hey, don't do this. But that one's actually, if you honor your father and your mother, I'm going to bless you with a long life. Now, that doesn't mean that we always obey our father and our mother. Now, up until while we're still living in their home, I think there is a level of obedience because of the authority they carry in our lives. But once we move out, that obedience changes because then we have our own independence. However, we should always honor our father and our mother. And I don't know what honoring would look like in your particular context and situation, but God doesn't say that we can write them off just because they're mean to us, you know. But we should always honor them because God used them to give us life. And he says, if we will honor them, we will live long and full lives and be blessed for it. All right, next, you must not murder. Let's pause again real quick. Older translations 
say, thou shalt not kill. And because of that, that created a whole big list of people that were considered non-combatants through different wars and different things. And the reason why was because they were, they, they read, thou shalt not kill. Now they missed the entire book of Joshua <laughs> that we're going to read uh, before long where there's all kinds of killing going on. And so obviously God is not saying don't kill because there are times to kill. If it's a situation where you are trying to protect yourself or your family, yes, you're allowed to do that. If there's, there's different times when it, there is righteous killing that can happen. But this translation gets it right when it says what you're not supposed to do is murder. And murder is when you kill someone for a bad reason, when there is a no good reason for it. What I mean by a good reason, once again, self-defense, when it's an accident, you didn't mean to do it. If you are defending yourself or defending your country, that, that kind of thing, that's not murder. That is killing for a righteous reason. Murder is killing for an unrighteous reason. And that's what God is saying. All right, next. You must not commit adultery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you must not steal. Absolutely. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Here, here's what we say. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> half, a lie. half the truth is a whole lie. All right, don't, don't do it. Number 21. You must not covet your neighbor's wife. You must not covet your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. So now the word covet is a little bit of a different kind of word there, but to give you some context, it is okay to say, wow, um, my friend has a nice lawnmower, you know, I, nice lawnmower out there. Yeah, it's awesome. Boy, I should get myself a lawnmower like that. That's not coveting. Coveting is when you start to look at that lawnmower and you want it. You start to become envious about it. You start to hate your neighbor neighbor because they have it and you don't. And you start conspiring in your mind how you're going to get not any lawnmower, but their lawnmower. That is when it becomes coveting and that's when it becomes wrong. And that's the Ten Commandments. Verse 22. The Lord spoke these words to all of you who are assembled there at the foot of the mountain. He spoke with a loud voice from the heart of the fire, surrounded by clouds and deep darkness. This was all he said at that time, and he wrote his words on two stone tablets and gave them to me. But when you heard the voice from the heart of the darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, all your tribal leaders and elders came to me, and they said, Look, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and the greatness, and we have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. Today we have seen that God can speak to us humans, and yet we live. But now, why should we risk death again? If the Lord our God speaks to us again, we will certainly die and be consumed by this awesome fire. Can any living thing hear the voice of the living God from the heart of the fire as we did yet survive? Go yourself and listen to what the Lord your, our God says. Then come and tell us everything he tells you, and we will listen and obey. The Lord heard the request you made to me, and he said, I have heard what the people have said to you, and they're right. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey all of my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. Go and tell them, return to your tents, but you... Stand here with me so I can give you all my commands. 
decrees, and regulations. You must teach them to the people so they can obey them in the land that I am giving them as their possession. So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land that you are about to enter and occupy. Wow. It's just amazing. God set up this foundation, and Moses is reminding them about what he said. And he was telling them, all 10 of these commandments are important and are amazing. And can you imagine? The Bible said that they saw the glory of God, and there was this fire. And that somehow within the fire, there was this deep darkness that was there. And it was out of that darkness, they heard the voice of God speaking to them. And it was so powerful. And it was so awe-inspiring that it terrified them. And they said, we can't handle this. God is too awesome. God is too mighty. We will obey everything he has to say, but you go hear what he has to say. And you come back and you tell us because we're terrified. And God said, you're right. They're, they're right. They're, they're, not, they're not ready for this yet. And I wish that they would always love me the way that they do right now and respect me. That, that's all that God wanted was for them to follow him so that they could be blessed so that he could do all these great things in their life. And you know what? That's what God wants for us. You know why he wants us to follow his commands? Think about this for a moment as we get right into our time together. Why do you think God told us to, to do and to not do things in the Bible? He gets no glory out of it. Now, when we worship him, we do. But he gets no glory out of telling us to not covet our neighbor's wife. He gets no glory out of telling us to not commit murder. That's just, that's, mm -mm. you know why? It's for our benefit. Every bit of this is for our benefit because he wants us to keep the sin out of our life so that we can come close to him and we can be in fellowship with him. That's why we can trust God's word is because God has, God gets nothing out of this. It's not a situation where we bless, you know, we, we do for him and he does for us and it's kind of this back and forth. No, no, no. God gets nothing out of this. Every bit of this is for our benefit. When he tells us to do this and to do that, you know what, you know what he's looking for? Our company. <laughs> you know, He wants us to be close to him. And when we do that, that's what we get to do. Isn't it amazing that we serve so great a Savior that what he wants out of all of this is to be close to us? I think that's amazing. Let's pray together. And we'll be done for today. Father, thank you so much that you love us the way you do. Thank you that you are for us in all things. I pray that you will help us to realize, God, that everything written in your book is for our benefit. And realize that even the Ten Commandments, Lord, that we hear so much about, but realize, Lord, that it is the foundation of the wisdom of the Sovereign Lord. And that when you lay this foundation for us, it is the foundation to live in freedom every single day. In Jesus' name we pray. Remember God's word says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, today I have given you the choice between life and death. Choose life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. Today, I pray that you will choose life and I will see you tomorrow for Deuteronomy chapter six.